are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. The title of my message today is Clay in the Potter's Hands. Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 to 6. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop, and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me and found a potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to this clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. How many know that These words that was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet to the house of Israel applies to you and I today. If the nation of Israel was as clay in the potter's hand, don't you think that you and I are as well? It's no secret to those familiar with the Bible that God took some clay and molded the first man, Adam. God has made each of us special and unique, but he's made us equal. It doesn't matter who we are, what our background, what our status in life, we are all equal in the sight of God. We have different likes and dislikes. We have different appearance. Some of us may resemble someone. Many times you look at someone and say, oh, he looks like so-and-so or she looks like so-and-so. Reminds me of somebody else. But we're all different. We all come in different shapes and sizes and colors. God created us all. And he intended for us to be just like we are. Sometimes we eat too many cookies and and things like that and ice cream and we go a little bit out of uh, the design that God made for us, but we're God's people. More importantly, God made us in his image and he loves us. He loves me. He loves you. God chose to give us free will freedom to choose, just like God. Adam chose to sin. He disobeyed, and mankind became marred. That that masterpiece, that beautiful piece of pottery that God had made in the person of Adam became marred. And ever since, 
God has been reworking and remolding and shaping his people. But of course, we have to yield to him. Animal sacrifices pointed to the day when Jesus would die for our sins. And the Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We have a choice to accept or reject his salvation. Most of us that are in this room today, at some point in our life, has made that decision, that choice to follow Jesus, to accept what he did. If we accept him, he changes our lives forever. Of course, even after we have asked Christ to come into our life, there are things that happen, things that we get involved in that begins to take its effect upon that vessel. and We become marred in the Master's hand. But if you'll allow him to mold you and shape you to his plan, you will find that God will do something miraculous in your life. Verse 18, or verse 6, rather, of chapter 18, said, O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to the clay? Jeremiah was a prophet. Many times prophet, prophets uh, prophesy through pictures. And this was an illustration that God was giving to Jeremiah. He saw the potter as he began to mold that, that vessel. But it wasn't what, God, what the potter had intended it to be, it was marred. Maybe there was a stone in the clay, but something was wrong with it, and as, as Jeremiah watched, the potter wasn't satisfied. And so he said he broke it all to pieces, he crumbled it, and he began again to make a vessel of honor. You see, we are made by God to be filled by God and to be used by God. First point I want to make today is that we can resist God's work. God wants to do a work in my life and he wants to do a work in your life, but I have the choice to resist that. Isaiah, another prophet, presents God as the potter who cares about that which he has created. In Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8, I read, But now, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. All we are the work of your hands. Those who resist God's work in their lives never become what he designed us to be. Very few of us reach the potential that God intended for us. I have often looked at my own life. 
I wasted many years of my life. God had to rework me and rework me and rework me. And I'd like to be able to say that finally he, he, he got me home so good that I went into the ministry and I've been just blasting away for Jesus ever since. I find that even now, I look over my life and I see so many missed opportunities. So much that I could have done for God and didn't do it. And I realize I have had so much potential that I haven't used for God. And I could give up and say, well, what's the use? Maybe I'll live for another five years, ten years, twenty years, who knows, but how can I be effective for him now? But God's still working on me. And God's still working on you. I've got 10 more years before I'm the age of Joshua, who took the children of Israel across the Jordan and conquered the land. I can still do great things for God. I think one of the things that holds us back many times is we look at someone with some great ministry or or doing some great thing for God, and because we're not doing that, we think, oh, I've failed, I'm no good, I just can't cut it. But every vessel that God creates Every vessel that God molds and shapes for his honor and for his glory is for a special use. Just as those of us who, in our our kitchen, there's a whole lot of different kinds of dishes. There's small plates and large plates. There's deep bowls and mugs. And you don't take a plate to use for coffee. You don't take a mug and for soup. Sometimes you might, but usually you don't. And that's the way it is with God. He's designed me for something special. And he's designed you for something special. There's a set of us around there somewhere. You know, you got a set of dishes, so many cups, so many saucers, so many plates. And within the body of Christ, the Bible says that he gifts us as he wills. The Holy Spirit decides who's going to be doing what and when and where. 
And if we can settle into that plan and say, okay, Lord, I submit myself into your hands. You want to use me. Maybe you don't ever want me to be a musician. You don't want me to play up here in the band, but you've got something for me to do. You want me to run the sound, I'll be on the sound. If you want me to clean the floors, I'll clean the floors. If you want me to prepare communion, I'll prepare communion. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I am just so happy to be yours, to be used of you in whatever capacity. And that's all God desires. But if we get our eyes focused on something that we, we admire in someone else or something that we see them do, we say, oh, I want to do that. If that's not what God has designed me for, I can have a miserable life trying to attain to something that God never intended me to be. We're incapable of producing our own happiness or fulfillment. Solomon had all the human resources one could have. In Ecclesiastes 1, verse 2, he says, Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Futility. There is a real sense in which God limited his own power to accomplish his purpose for us by giving us a free will. God could have decided those people will do exactly as I say. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. But God gave every one of us a free will. I can choose to love him. I can choose to serve him. I can choose to offer myself to him. I can choose to say, Lord, I want you to mold me and shape me to what you intended for me to be. Or I can choose to say, I'm not going to go that way at all. I'm just going to pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I'm going to be a self-made man or woman. And God will leave us alone and let us try it. And when we fall flat on our face... And cry, oh Lord, I've messed things up, I'm sorry. He'll just take us in his arms and hold us. It's okay if you're willing to allow me to break you and make you and mold you and shape you. I'll fill you and you will be a vessel of honor. You will experience what I intended for you to experience. But you see... There's a consequence that comes with it. Although God says you can do what you like, there's a consequence for making a right or a wrong decision. I'd rather go God's way, wouldn't you? The psalmist said how often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yet again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. You can read in the Psalms and see, Lord, how many times they turned their back on God and, and then they, in their distress, the Bible says, they called upon him. And God delivered them. 
And then they went back to the same old way again, and they called upon God, and God delivered them over and over and over and over again. It shows you what kind of a God we serve. But God could not mold or shape them as, they, as he desired because of their rebellion, because they resisted him. We must acknowledge God's work in us. Paul declares that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. There is a mighty power of the Holy Spirit that works in every one of us. But if we resist that, God is not going to say, you will submit. He won't do that. But there's a mighty power working in every one of us, and God can use that power to do great things in and through our lives. God knows what is best for us truly knows our every need. In Philippians, Paul says in Philippians 4.19, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we don't need to be going around and needy people. God says, I'll supply every need that you have. Secondly, God can remake us. God can remake us. He can remold us. What about when we choose to resist God and make a mess of our lives? Some people give up. They mess up. They know they've messed up. Then they say, it's no use. I can't make it. I can't live this Christian life. They're right. They can't. I can't live this Christian life. But God can live it through you. God can help you to be the man, the woman that he desires you to be. The man, the woman that you desires to be. So he says the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. It was marred, the Bible says in the King James. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. You want God to start over with you? Do you know that all of the sin and the shame and the heartache, the bitterness, the financial ruin, the broken dreams, the broken hearts. God can rework that. You remember the story of Job? He was down to within inches of his life. Nothing left. None of his material stuff, all of his stuff was gone. 
All of his children were gone. All of his servants were gone. And his friends were beating up on him. Making him feel like he was nothing. That he had sinned so badly that God was just punishing him. Bible says, but in all of this, Job did not lose his integrity. And one day he was talking to God. God said, Job, I want you to start praying for your friends now. Those guys who told you the reason you're in this mess you're in is because you got sin in your life. I want you to pray for them. So Job begins to pray for his friends. And those old boils begin to dry up. Soon, he didn't have any pain. God began to bless him. And his wife got pregnant. And they had just as many children as they had before. Then he got all blessed with cattle and land, servants. The Bible says the last part of his life was better than the first. You see, God can take you out of a difficult place. put you in a high place because God loves you. God created you. God made you. When he looks down at you and he sees a marred vessel, he says, I can do something with you. I can make you again into a vessel of honor. The problem is with the clay. It's not with God. The problem is always with me. It's never with God. Don't ever allow the devil to lie to you and tell you the things that you're going through right now is that God is doing this to you. God is punishing you. There's a judgment day coming, but it's not now. This is a day of grace. This is a day of mercy. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. God has given us some clear instructions in his word that if we will follow these instructions, we can't help but prosper in health prosper in our relationships, prosper in our finances. It doesn't matter. Every part of my life and your life is covered in the Word of God. And the only reason we do not experience 100% of what God has promised is because we are not giving 100% of service to what God has said we need to do.
We can't say, okay, God says this, and then we just ignore it. Just because God said it doesn't mean it's going to happen to me. Because there's also, there are conditions with every promise. God, God's promises that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. If you don't believe, you can't be saved. Just because Jesus died on the cross for the whole world doesn't mean that the whole world will be saved. The whole world can be saved if they turn to God, if they accept that, that price that Jesus paid on the cross. That's the only way. The potter knows what he's doing. He can rework the clay to fit his plan and his design. This is what God does. He's able to take a lump of clay and start over and do a new work. He's able to take the marred and the scarred and rework us into a vessel of honor. He says, Israel, can I not do what you, as this potter? God's point is that even though the nation was not what God intended them to be, there was still hope because God can start over. What God says to Israel is true of each one of us, is true of Canada as a nation is true of America as a nation. It's true of you and I as human beings. It's true for our marriages. It's true for our finances. It's true for our lives. It's not too late. It's never too late. As long as you're breathing, as long as you have the, the capacity to think and to make a decision, it's not too late. Say, okay, Lord, I'm giving myself to you. I surrender to your plan. I surrender to your will. As long as we're still on the potter's wheel, there's hope for us. Saul was a marred vessel. As long as he resisted the power of the apostolic preaching, kicking against the goads and Acts chapter 9, 5. When he fell before Jesus, he said, Lord, what will you have me to do? What do you want me to do, Lord? God remade him into a vessel of honor, useful for the master. We've all been marred vessels. It matters not how marred our life is or how long it has been marred. Great potter can remold us if we're willing to trust and obey. Thirdly, God sees the finished product. You only see what you are right now. You see the things that you don't like about yourself. I would say for every one of us, there's something about every one of us that we despise. I know there is with me. Every one of us has got a weak point. Part of our life that we wish 
oh, if only I didn't have this problem, this habit, this hang-up. I would be able to be such a better Christian. But almost like Paul with that thorn in the flesh, there's that thing in my life that keeps me humble, keeps me from being proud because I know what I am, I know who I am, and I know that if it wasn't for the grace of God, I'd be a lost soul. But God sees the finished product. We are hindered by our inability to see the end process. God has power to truly change lives through the power of the gospel. Paul said in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it's written, the just shall live by faith. When you and I get a hold of that truth, the just shall live by faith. just as if I had never sinned. I'm living that by faith. Because God said it, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's not many of us that can be looked up to as a great role model. But every one of us can say, I've been forgiven. I've been washed in the blood. I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And the promise is, if I do that, I will be saved. I am saved. So I walk in faith in that every day. I may trip up. I may fall flat on my face. I may get angry with my neighbor. I may get angry with my wife. I may get angry with my children. I may say things that I shouldn't say. I may do things that I shouldn't do. But the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses me from all sin. And the Bible says, if I confess my sin, if I say, Lord, I'm sorry, he will forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I walk every day justified in his sight, just as if I had never sinned. And now, I got that straight. I look at my life. God looks at my life. And he sees those mars, and he sees those cracks. He sees those chips. And he says, I want to mold you. I want to refinish you. 
And as I say, Lord, I'm available. Lord, I want you to do whatever you want to do with me. He will. Amen. Paul wanted the Philippians to know that God was continually in the process of shaping and molding his life when he said, in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 14, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it became evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord have become confident by my chains and are much more bold to speak the word of God without fear. Whatever happened to him, Paul knew that God would make it work for spiritual good. So as I conclude this morning, Jeremiah got the message. God said, I can do with the people what the potter does with clay. I can do with you. He can do with you today what the potter does with clay. I can rework you as many times as it takes to get it right. God has, has had to rework me over and over again. Over and over and over and over again. There in the potter's house, Jeremiah learned what it means to live in God's presence and to yield to his plan and his purpose for his life. It's an ongoing process of thinking, reflecting, doing, becoming. It involves an interaction between the potter and the clay. Lord, what will you have me to do? God's desire is that we would yield our lives into his hands to be molded and shaped for his glory. Some pottery is made as an object to sit on a shelf. Nice little trinkets. I'm a very plain sort of person. I could live very nice and comfortably in a wall with not one picture on the wall, nothing hung there, a plain, clear desk, nothing on it. Effie likes to have those little things all over the place, little mementos, I guess you call them. But God does not need objects. God needs instruments. God don't want someone to just to look at. He wants you and I as his instruments. An instrument says, I'm good for something. I'm useful. Every person, God don't make junk. Every person that God has created, he's made us useful for something. We're good for something. When we recognize that, I'm an instrument in God's hands. The instrument says, I have purpose. The instrument says, I have value. The instrument says, I can be used for something. That's you. You and I in the master's hands were instruments to be used of God. There's a song that we used to sing many moons ago. 
have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and shape me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. The little church that I grew up in, it was probably as wide as this aisle here. And it had a little altar about this height. And I remember 15 or 20 or 30 people kneeling at the altar, squeezed right in there, hands raised to God, singing, Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Make me and mold me after thy will while I am waiting, yielded and still. We sang that with our hearts and hands raised to God. And the tears would flow from our eyes. And we meant every word we said. And God would bless us and refill us and rejuvenate us to go back to our homes and into our workplaces and serve God another week. And nothing has changed, folks. It's the same God. It's the same commission. And we need to be what God wants us to be. Summer is just about over. Heading into fall. It's time for us to start thinking about what we're going to do for Jesus. I'm not so impressed about how many people attend church on a Sunday morning as I am how many people are sold out to Jesus. How many people have a desire to see our community one to Christ? And what that's going to look like. Musicians, if you could come, sing that song again for us as we close this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, thank you, Lord, that you are in the restoring business. Thank you, Lord, that you're able to take us, Lord, and Lord, those scratches and those cracks, the things that need to be molded in our lives, 
you can do it. Lord, all we have to do is say, Lord, I yield to you. I'll, I'll just lay myself at your feet and you do whatever you have to do with me. You need prayer this morning. Why don't you come? If you just need to say to God in some public way, by just coming up and just standing before him, saying, Lord, that's me. I'm not satisfied with my life the way it is right now. Oh, I'm serving you. I know I'm saved. I know I'm ready for heaven. But Lord, I'm not in that place where you can use me. I'm not in that place where I feel free to be able to do what you've called me to do. I'm yielding myself to you. You are the potter. I'm the clay. If you want someone to pray with you, just make that known. If you just want to come and pray for a little while, whatever you want to do. Folks, this is church. This building is where we come to get refilled. We should never, ever, ever, ever leave, church, leave the building and then, man, I didn't get what I came for today. I just feel so empty. I feel so tired. I feel so worn out. I don't know what I'm going to do this week. Jesus is here. His Holy Spirit is here. He wants to do a work in your life, but he'll never do it unless you ask him. This is the hour. This is the time. This is your time to meet with God. You're amongst friends. You're amongst brothers and sisters in Christ. There are people here who know how to pray, who know how, know how to get a hold of God, and they just want, they just long to be able to come to your side and say, hey, listen, I'll walk with you. I'll pray with you. I'll believe with you. You've got a need. Don't leave this place today without telling Jesus about it. Stand with us as we say. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.